sisters, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match us. Here's how we practice. Welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. And this is Patrick Riccardi. With returning fan fave. Am I really a fan fave? Oh, that got me. Oh, that's well, exciting. the only fans are me and Pat of this podcast, so yes. You know, that is fine. That's enough. I'm David. Hi. <laughs> Hello. And this Hi. week, we're doing... Out of the Past versus Against All Odds. Indeed. Had you guys, either of you seen either of these before? I was uh, zero for two. Okay. I had not, and I'm kind of surprised I hadn't seen out of the past because I do I like the genre and I I'd heard of it. I knew it was considered one of the best in the genre, uh, so I'm kind of surprised I hadn't. But I hadn't. I had not seen either of these. Yeah, I had seen out of the past. Have not seen against all odds. Um, I I was familiar with the with the Phil Collins song though. Yeah. Oh, me too. I and I remember the video for the Phil Collins song. Um, which is probably why I never saw Against All Odds was all them rolling around on the beach and stuff. I just assumed it was some kind of a romance movie. Yeah, I did too. I did think it was a romantic movie. I, I don't think I'd ever seen the video, but I guess it's from pictures and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I was shocked when you told me it was a remake of Out of the Past. Yeah. Well, and Out of the Past, before we get into it, really, I just want to check with you guys because I think this is the third time I've seen it. And... This is maybe the first time during that whole uh, episode when they're in San Francisco and he's trying to get the papers and stuff where I actually understood what the fuck was happening because <laughs> it gets super convoluted there. Was it just me or were you able to follow it easily? I wouldn't say easily, but I was able to follow it. How about you, David? No, it was definitely confusing. I mean, that's kind of a staple of, of the noir films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of plotting? Like there's that famous story of uh was Chandler? big sleep yeah, yeah. big sleep yeah. with chandler where they were right the screenwriters called him up to hey hey what what, did, what happened here and he was like i, I don't i don't know <laughs> uh yeah. so I, I i i think i was able to kind of get the gist of most of it but no it was definitely very confusing yeah and I, on top of the co- confusion for me is that momentarily when the uh, what's her name jean turney what's the uh the female lead's name or the jane greer yeah jane, jane greer. greer when jane greer when he had the conversation with her i was thinking it was the secretary yep that was... they put together until well, like halfway through the scene i was like oh wait that's not who I'm... no it wasn't half... it was once they started talking yeah because he said when... kathy and right right and then you're like oh. i was like yeah wait no, they're was... in san francisco i was like wait did he go back to tahoe <laughs> are they in san francisco <laughs> so yeah that was a little but I, I, I was either I'm too stupid to realize what I didn't know, or I just picked up on it. Yeah. But uh, oh, okay. I don't even know how you do a plot summary of this, but basically, Robert Mitchum is a guy who um, got involved with a mobster type played by Kirk Douglas. Um, to Kirk Douglas hired him to go look for his. Uh, Kirk Douglas's girlfriend, who shot him and took off with forty thousand uh, dollars. Robert Mitchum finds her in um, in Mexico and starts an affair with her. All kinds of shit happens. They they separate. And she commits Robert another murder. Mitchum, sorry, Rob, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt, but just Robert Mitchum is 
a, a detective, a private detective, and that yes. is why Kirk Douglas, which makes sense. Right. Yes. Yeah, so are, 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 are you foreshadowing, David? Yeah. I, I may or may not be foreshadowing. <laughs> you know, just, all I'm saying is it makes sense to hire a private detective to search for somebody. Yes. Right. That's yes. It. Yes, it does. I don't know what you're talking about foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so his, his um, Robert Mitchum's private eye partner tracks him down with the woman and tries to blackmail him. The woman kills the guy um, and then takes off. You skipped a little bit there. They they were, didn't you, or did I just not hear you? They were, they were like, in Mexico, and he escaped with her, like, by the skin of their teeth. Yes, to, okay. to San Francisco and then L.A. and blah, blah, blah. Well, I, right. there's too much. I mean, honestly. <laughs> well, just that the, the fact that the, his search in Mexico was kind of funny to me that uh, it was uh, just so easy. <laughs> <laughs> he's a private eye, man. He knows what he's doing. But he, there was he did have to use clues. You know, there were like the thing with the, the, the maid had told him, uh, oh, she got a, a, a vaccine and she's going to Florida. And he well, that's, right. true. that's true. You're right. You, you, right. Don't, yeah. you know, you don't need a vaccine to go to Florida. So that told me the poor <laughs> should probably go. To and now, you know, he did kind of there were detective things. Is, yeah. Is, again, not foreshadowing, but <laughs> he did use detective methods to yep. locate her. Yes, he and did. And the fact that she was wasn't the 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 island she was at she was or wasn't i forget if it was an island but it was the last place to go before you go someplace further right yes yeah yeah, yeah. um anyway yeah so uh anyway he he starts a new life uh running a gas station in some podunk town and uh kirk douglas's right hand man goon uh finds him and tells him kirk douglas has another job for him oh my god it's too much to try to describe the plot honestly I do. Uh, I mean, we're going to talk anyway. I do like how this plot is is placed, where it's where it's a bunch of him telling the story. Where, like, you're at the end at the beginning. Yes. I, I mean, I like Which, what's what is that called? Oh. Like, uh, yeah, There's, I don't know what the, the literary name is for it. But anyway, what were you going to say, David? Uh, it's I, it fits in with the title, "Out of the Past." You know? Yeah. <laughs> and it it really I wasn't sure what was. Like, I don't know who the main female lead would be when I you first start watching because there's that the the there's the the girlfriend that starts the the movie and I thought that was going to be the one and then it turns out no the, the the that's not who you're watching for yeah she's well it's, she's not the femme fatale clearly she's correct yeah original prim and proper yeah I did like the the beginning of that movie where uh, the Kirk Douglas's uh, second in second in command goes to that diner and just hears all the gossip from that waitress was was pretty it was a pretty funny scene. <laughs> yeah, the uh, uh, it's the the exposition cafe. <laughs> <laughs> and it's that uh, that this movie all the way through has the fast paced talk like p- patter, which is always yes, great. I love the, the dialogue. Really, yeah, the dialogue is really snappy. Was that line? I, um, uh, oh, what was the line? It was. I forget who he was talking to, but it was it was, you know, you don't talk much, do you? I don't learn anything from listening to myself. <laughs> I, I love that line. Yeah, I like. He's talking to like some guy. I don't know if he's at a hotel or what. And um, the guy says something like, "Everybody's always right." That's what I always say. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, and another good one early on is when he uh, when he finds the the Stephanopoulos, the the, the goon hired goon guys, like a small town or a big sign. <laughs> <laughs> I this this reminds me of a piece of trivia I got from the IMDb that I really like. 
Uh, I'll read it directly. Robert Mitchum told Roger Ebert he smoked so much that when the cameras, camera was rolling and Kirk Douglas offered him a pack and he asked cigarette, Mitchum, realizing he carried a cigarette into the scene, held up his fingers and replied, smoking. And that was all improvisation. They kept it in the film, yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, Roger Ebert called it the best smoking movie of all time. <laughs> there is a lot of smoking in this movie. It must have been underwritten by the cigarette company because every scene there's interesting smoking going on. I, I thought it was interesting knowing Kirk. I didn't realize Kirk Douglas was in this movie, first of all. But knowing, you know, most movies that he's that I'm familiar with, he kind of eats scenes. And he really didn't wasn't able to do that in this movie, which was kind of cool. I think this was one of his first major roles, I believe. So yeah, he didn't maybe he didn't have a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Same with Mitchum. I mean, this was. This was a B movie, um, but it it broke him out as a as a Bogart type, I think. Um, and I really couldn't picture anybody else doing it except maybe Bogart. But I think Robert Mitchum. Was, well, I think everybody was really well cast in this. Mm-hmm. I thought Jane Greer was was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and like watching it from a modern perspective. Like she is the the classic femme fatale, but you also realize she's trapped and she's like just trying to survive. She doesn't really have any options, which is another difference uh, between the two movies. But uh, but you well, can, yeah. <laughs> you can understand you can understand her actions to an extent. Not that you can condone them, but you can understand them. Well, along those lines. And another difference, and I think, and again, I, I not to get too far ahead, but I think what makes this a, a much superior film is that you kind of spend the whole movie thinking that Robert Mitchum and Kirk Douglas are playing against each other, only to realize that she has been playing them both the whole time. Yes. Right, yeah. Which is it's really clever, and it's, it makes a really enjoyable ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, but I agree with you too, Pat. Kirk Douglas in this is really good. He's He does a good job of... Um, Playing someone not to be fucked with, but also uh, seems like firmly in control. Right. Yeah. And it was surprising to me because I thought that character, the way the the was his name Stephanopoulos, really the way Stephanopoulos, the second in command, Stephanopoulos. Uh, I think that was the name. Uh, yes, Stephanos. Stephanos. So, so Stefan, the way he was described, like in that city, I was expecting it to be like a like a real over the tops you know, evil guy. Douglas didn't play it that way. And I think that worked better. It did. Yeah. You you didn't really see his, like his evil side, not evil, but his, his menacing side until later in, in the, in the movie. And then much later when he's, he's threatening, uh, Jane Greer. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. It's Wikipedia says John Garfield and Dick Powell turned down the, the Mitchum role. Oh, Mm. wow. And they would not, I don't know Garfield is, I don't remember them very well, but I can't just Mitchum just has that, that kind of menacing, like he's a good guy in this, but not really. Yeah, kind you know of. I mean? Like the the only really, I mean, it's hard to say there is a good guy in this. Even even the um the girl he's dating in the small town is like cheated on her boyfriend with him. <laughs> um, I guess maybe the deaf mute kid is. <laughs> yeah. I, that that last scene is is kind of. Uh, ambiguous and why he tells her why he nods his head at her like is he is he i thought just... he was i thought he was protecting her and letting that's, her like that's what i that's, what that's I the way i read it yeah and that's why he gave that little like uh salute to, 
to uh, what's it, Jeff? To yeah. sign, yeah, to, big to sign. sign, yeah, the big sign. I agree. <laughs> to say this is what you would have wanted, <laughs> but yes, <laughs> this was so. I saw this movie first. Um, I went to a friend's. Uh, she was taking a college class of, uh, on film, and they would like watch films and stuff. And uh, I went to this class with her, and it was on film noir, and it was this movie. Um, and even though I had seen. I'm sure film noirs before then. I didn't really know the term or, or like anything about the, that it was a real genre or anything, um, which I guess is pretty dumb of me. Like I, I had to be in my late teens, early twenties, but, um, but, and then hearing the discussion about this, what's that? I don't think that's dumb at all. <laughs> I know, maybe not, but, uh, um, but yeah, it, it made a real impression on me. And, and then I started like seeking out more film noir uh, what I found, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. I'm done. What What I found interesting about this is it is described for sure as like one of the the greatest film noirs and the uh, an example of film noir. And sometimes when you see a movie like this after, like you know, after it's been praised, it's like you're seeing things that have already been done before, and it's it's not as impressive. But this was still really an impressive movie. Everything everything about it was, even though I I might have seen similar things in other movies, it's still really good in this one. So it's not just that it did it for, well i guess it didn't do it first but it, it's just a, a well-designed well-shot and interesting looking movie as well as the story being you know it it it, bring, it drags you in even though it's a i think it's an hour and a half it feels like it's just a half hour yeah no it it's yeah it's pretty long in it but it doesn't feel long and right yeah the the cinematography also is uh, i'm sure you noticed david but i think I, it, I'm sure it wasn't the first um, film noir with this kind of cinematography, but it definitely inspired later ones um, with the Charoscuro, you know, and and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, What's that? What's Charoscuro? It's the it's the light and shadow type of. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah. Um, yes, uh, everything about it, I I think, is uh, there's it's not really there's no flaws in it that I can see. Have you read the novel, John? No. Or David? No. No. Yeah. I might now, though. Yeah, I was thinking because it would be interesting to see how it compares. Yep. Yeah. Well, I how was, high is my or what is it? Uh, build my gallons high. That's it. Yeah. A line from the yeah. Um, uh, from what and I, I read, think that's what this was called in uh, UK. Yeah, it was. From what I read, the I, the person who wrote the novel might have worked on the screenplay at first, and they trashed it, and then they had. Um, somebody another famous writer come in to work on it who i can't remember right now and and they trashed that version too um wait this says it was all written by the novelist it doesn't mention what you're talking about oh. or maybe wikipedia doesn't have all the information yeah i read that too uh james m kane was the yes was the, the second, famous yes guy. but what i read i read something that apparently his draft was just as bad right exactly they, they threw out his as well and yeah it's just another another like a third b movie writer who actually came up with all the really good snappy dialogue, dialogue yeah yeah. Oh, that's um, I didn't read the whole paragraph. So Frank Fenton must be the guy that did all the snappy dialogue then, because he's a third writer credited. Yeah. Well, not credited, uncredited rev- re- revisions by Frank Fenton and James Keane. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, I really I, enjoyed it. I I thought it was a. It was fantastic. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm really glad you suggested this one, and this is one I will definitely rewatch. I thought it was, like you said, the cinematography was just beautiful. The lighting as, you know, uh, that great noir lighting. Uh, beautiful scenery. I love the kind of the Sierra landscapes. Yeah. And Mexico. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. or wherever that was. Right, um, I was going to say, I don't yeah. know. But backlotted. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, no, this is, this is, uh, I, I'm glad you guys liked it. I mean, I don't, I think it's kind of, I would have been shocked if you didn't, but. Well, don't be too happy about how much we liked your suggestions. <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah, don't, don't, don't get too far ahead of yourself. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not too happy with myself either, but you know, it, it worked. Well, okay, let's take a break then. And uh, we'll come back and talk about Against All Odds. We had a comrade, a brave comrade. He could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero. Tried talking about Shamiro to computers wearing earphones. He almost died for conversation, hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's Greyhound Racing, steeplechasing, the Reformation. Transubstantiation, Brian Stucker's creation, the land of the Thracians. And right back to the start, it's gonna take some time and patience. All right, we're back with uh, Against All Odds from 1984. Um, a remake. Same plot, sort of. Kind of. <laughs> of uh, Is it even a remake? Is it, like, based on... I don't know how you would... I mean, it. it's obviously, out of the past, an updated version. Um, and that's, I don't know, the only good thing I really have to say about it. I, I think... You- this kind of you can still call it, even though they totally changed the story around. It's not like like some remakes. I think of more as a like a, a new version of the novel, but I don't think that's what they were going for here. I think they were just saying, "Let's remake this old movie." Yeah, yeah. If you, if you hadn't called it a remake, I think people would be suspicious. Well, especially with with Jane Greer being in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also, Joe, uh, Kirk Douglas's right hand man was in it. I found out as a council oh. member. Oh. oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I read that after I saw the movie, so I same. couldn't picture Yeah, I couldn't was. picture him either, yeah. Was it in that, that uh, the, law, the law office scene? I have no idea. <laughs> I think it was, I think maybe it was in this, not the law office scene, but in the scene, maybe in the law office scene, because it might have been the same people, but the scene on, on oh, at the top of the bluff where uh, they're all celebrating. Yeah, which I, oh, also, what I was thinking. Also yeah. found out is the same location as where the Getty now stands. That's, that's what I was. I was going to say. I didn't. I didn't know that for a fact, but I was going to say. I, I think that's what that was. Oh damn! I didn't know that either. And the, in the movie, they they talk about how the uh, Woodmark's character, I guess, says um, it took truckload after truckload of dirt to to clear this out, and they specifically say in this piece of trivia that the dirt was kept on site when they built the Getty dead. <laughs> Oh. To, to cause as much da- little damage as possible. Well, I did. I mean, that's another one good thing I can say about this movie is that I like the I like the old noir and B movie actors like like Jane Greer having her in it. I thought was cool, and Richard Widmark seeing him um, all old. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know him as an actor, so I didn't know like what. What has he been in? Maybe I've seen him in something. Oh, he's been in like a billion B movies back in the day. Yeah. Yes, it it is funny because in the trivia for Out of the Past, it specifically mentions that the next time Kirk Douglas and and Mitchum were in a film together, uh, Woodmark is also in it. The Way West. Yeah, I don't know that one, but yeah. Um, I think all all good noir films need a good Creole and the Coconuts. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, that was weird. I was like, is that Kid Creole? And Viv was like, they just said that was Kid Creole and the Coconuts. Like, oh, <laughs> sorry. I must have tuned out. I wonder why. Yeah. Not only did you force her to watch it, but you didn't watch it as closely as she did. That's well, really she, sad. <laughs> she wanted to watch it because she liked Out of the Past. Um, <laughs> which, if the, you're a fan of Out of the Past, I can't really... I, I think that was another problem with watching this, was watching it after Out of the Past. You really see how inferior it is. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe if you'd seen it on its own, you you wouldn't make the connection, but... It would still be a bad movie. It's still goofy, okay. yeah. Uh, uh, the Mexico ahead. scenery was nice to look at. Yeah, some beautiful, beautiful stuff. Uh, apparently, that's that like the ruins they filmed at. It was they never that was never filmed to be there before. At least that's what the trivia says. Who knows how true that is? Yeah, Viv was like, "Why are they spending so long in goddamn Mexico in this movie?" And <laughs> she was like, "It must be because they they paid for." Mexico to, for the Mexican yeah. shots and wanted to use as much as they could. There's a lot of scenes in this movie. I ask, why is this so long? Including why did they play the whole Kid Creole song all the way through? I don't know. It's, and I mean, I don't have a complaint about that as much as I do about other things. But still, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Well, we should uh, we should mention that instead of a private eye in this one, uh, he's a football player. And. Uh, the way football players are depicted, I mean, I know it's definitely not true now, but it also was not true in 84. Mm-hmm. Nothing they talked about rang true to me. It may yeah. be in the 60s. Yeah, yeah. And and they mentioned other real football teams, but this was like the L.A. Buttfucks or something, like yeah. some team that doesn't Outlaws. exist. Yeah. Well, they, I guess they wanted to have, oh, maybe the Rams were in L.A. at the time. I was going to say maybe they did that because there was no L.A. team at the time, but I guess the Rams were there. So yeah, I never... there was in 84, yeah. Yeah. Um, who and and the Kirk Douglas part is played by James Woods, who's always uh, slimy, but he was no Kirk Douglas in this. I didn't <laughs> think he didn't feel very threatening. That was another no, complaint I had. He seemed uh, kind of weak. Yeah. yeah. Um, instead, and, and, and I'm sorry ahead. again. Like we we were uh, kind of hitting at before. I, I don't. I, nobody. The motivations were all just really weird. Like I yep. don't understand why he like why he hired a football player. You know, this, he's a mobster, a gangster with all these money and resources. <laughs> and he, and I really thought I thought there was going to be like a twist at the end that he didn't really want to find her, which is why he sent somebody without any knowledge. And well, then, no, obviously he wanted to find her because find her because when he, the football player didn't work, he hired a football trainer who was just. <laughs> and, and then Jeff Bridges goes to uh, he goes to the mother. And when the mother finds out he's been hired to find her, she's like, whatever he's paying you, I'll double. It's like, oh, why? <laughs> and why does he say no? <laughs> uh, yeah, the, only, not... the only way he'll do it is if he's guaranteed a place on the team, which is also, it's not, it doesn't make any sense. Nonsensical. Why would you even want to go back to that team? Um, <laughs> the coach that hates you. Yeah. And then, yeah. Mr. Papadopoulos. And then, <laughs> yeah. Webster's dad, who who finds them in Mexico, um, Alex Karras, when when she kills him, it's an accident, and she I I was like, well, it's, okay, so the femme fatale thing is gone out the window. She really is has no personality, no agency, She's a really. She's a prop. Yeah, She's a prop. She has no bearing on the plot whatsoever. No, but it. And, but just like the original movie, she did steal money and say she didn't and then said she did, but it didn't make any sense when she said she did. It was like, no, I didn't steal any money. Five minutes later, okay, I stole the money. Yeah. yeah. Well, also, she had to get to know him. 
Also, this is 1984. The original movie is 1947, and they stole only ten thousand dollars more. It's I know. To have the same impact. <laughs> I, I picked up on that as well. Yeah, but he's getting paid double. Like in the original movie, it was five thousand. In this movie, it's ten thousand. It's all over the place. Yeah, um, the the supposedly steamy scenes were boring and unnecessary. Really, I I thought, um, which seemed to be the draw from watching the Phil Collins video. Um, mm-hmm. nothing, yeah, nothing worked. The, the ending was like just a dull thud. Mm-hmm. There was, well, there okay, was no sorry. tragedy to it. Like in, in the original, it, it was a, definitely a Reagan era movie. Well, um, there, there was a, tr- there was the tragedy of Jeff Bridges having to go to Miami, but that's, well, <laughs> that's true. Florida. There's that, there's that weird, the weird Edition of the the lawyer, first of all, and the lawyer's secretary, who was oh yes, yeah, Kurtz. 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 Yeah. Oh, is that who that was? Yeah, yeah, that was another. Yeah, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. Uh, that was also the, the, I didn't understand her motivation at all. Maybe I missed something. She had a but, crush on him, possibly. I don't. Yeah, that's, yeah. And then he shows up at the bar, like 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 she's been gone for what forty minutes, fifty minutes. He shows up at the bar, and then all of a sudden, how did he get her involved to go to the place and risk her life? I didn't. Was there something on her as well? I think she just had a crush on him and didn't like how those those muckety mucks were controlling the world. Yeah, I think that was. I she think, didn't like her boss. Was the supposed motivation? Right. I'm not I saying it, it makes sense. It was more that she was into him. Um, Suppose, yeah, I don't know, man. But also, she said she met with with uh, Jeff Bridges and said, uh, "Meet me at the bar." Mm-hmm. And she said the name of the bar. He's gone for like six months. Comes back, and she's, she's still at waiting. the same bar. <laughs> she should have like a long beard. She's been sitting there waiting the whole time. <laughs> it was interesting to see Saul Rubinek as a young man. I don't think I've ever seen him not playing a crotchety old guy. <laughs> have you seen um, True Romance? He's great in True Romance. Oh, yeah, I remember. I don't remember him in that, but it was a long time ago I saw that. He was the movie producer who buys the cocaine. Yeah, I don't remember True Romance either. Um, oh, it's a great, great film. I, yeah, this this movie just was fucking ridiculous. Like, I don't know how you have such good source material and misuse it so egregiously. So let me read uh, my... Well, I have two pieces of trivia I like about this movie, but the first one is something I really hated about the movie, but apparently there are people disagree. James Woods and Jeff Bridges, uh, both on the DVD commentary, they both comment on how many audience members were returning to see the film several times for the brief but highly effective car chase sequence at the start. It was, that cannot possibly be true. That was the <laughs> worst part of the movie. It, it annoyed the shit out of me, and I was like, can this end? Jesus Christ. There's, the, like... There's good car chase scenes, there's bad car chase scenes, but at least even the bad ones make sense. There's no reason for that to be in the movie. It's just stupid. <laughs> that poor dog. He had, I, that's what I was no. thinking. Yeah, the, the car chase adds nothing except to show that they're both assholes, I guess. I, I don't know. Yes. Yeah. And oh, James Woods is, is uh, nerves of steel. Yeah, except he didn't come across like he did yeah. come across kind of sniveling in this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like I said, the motivations for everybody, I, I just I just didn't understand. Yeah. I guess I understood Richard Widmark. He just, no, well, I don't he know why he's working with his James Woods. Uh, yeah, why I is he working know. with James Woods? He didn't, James Woods didn't seem like a, 
like a big deal. He just seemed like he was a like a, a bookie that made a lot of money, but he didn't seem like someone that Widmark could need to involve himself with. Oh, I guess he did get to blackmail the guy. Oh, all right. Anyway, it's a bad movie. It's it's. I thought it was pretty fucking awful. And like I said, out of the past, felt like it zipped by. This one did not. This forever. Yeah. It took forever. Yeah. yeah. It was longer, but well, how long was it? It was like two hours, a little over yeah. two hours. Yeah, it was. Uh, it well, one minute over. It was. It was one minute, and uh, actually, one hundred and twenty minutes too long. Can yeah. I ask you guys, in this movie and a lot of other movies, it seems like everybody has some some blackmail material on them that you know they are willing to do anything to prevent to come out of you know to prevent that secret to come out. Am I just that boring? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I, thinking back on my life and like I have secrets. I have things that I prefer people not to know about me, but I can't think of a single thing in my close to 50 years on this planet that I would like do anything to prevent anybody from finding out. No. Is I, that just me? No, I think it's a very Hollywood plot contrivance type thing. Um, well, I think it's a people in power probably have things that they would hide. I just I believe that. But, yeah, I don't think most people do. I mean, I also think most people in power haven't, like, at least in in Kirk Douglas in the in the original movie, it was about taxes. I can understand right. that. Yeah. But I I think most people in power aren't aren't like involved in fucking murder and all kinds of other nefarious. No, shit. no, I, I, I I'm not saying that most people would would crip, would you know be could be blackmailed. I'm just saying they have things that they hope doesn't don't come out. Yeah. Like the time they wore blackface at a uh, fraternity <laughs> party when they were in college. That, Something, no, I never did. Same, <laughs> same here. When people were like, oh, the 80s was a different time, I was like, uh, no, we knew blackface was bad in the 80s. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't get that, but yeah. No, this, this movie was terrible. Uh, there's no reason to watch it. Like I said, I think, I no thought uh, Jane Greer was great in the original and this woman in this one could have been played by anybody she had there was nothing to her character there was no character she was there as a basically as a plot contrivance and as a, a sex object mm-hmm. and she her motivations as well like well I ha- she, when she's like you know me I, I have to be supported by somebody or something so why go back to James Woods well she can't go back to her mother well, that's the thing. You could go back to your mother. Your mother's no, not forcing can't. you to have sex with her. Didn't you, didn't you hear she said she can't? Oh. <laughs> well, there's right, your motivation. That's the motivation. Well, there's also the, the I, I mean, along those lines, like in the first, okay, this was kind of shorthanded in the first one, but when they meet in Mexico, there's, there's a bit of flirtation, you know, before, there's the hint of flirtation before they, they start hooking up. Yes. Right. But in this one, it's like he shows up, he tries to flirt with her. She's like, I'm not interested. I don't like football players. I don't like you. Leave me alone. He's like, okay, I guess I'll leave you alone. And she's like, wait a minute. No, let's make out. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like a 13-year-old's idea of romance. Yes. Yeah, I, I the original totally was, was a little too fast, too, but not nearly as ridiculous as this movie. Exactly. There was at least the impression of a buildup of something. This right. one, there's, there was just nothing. Yep. No, and she... I mean, she... I had no sympathy for her, even aside from the fact that she had no real personality, because she was a rich girl who had been taken care of all her life. Like, she wasn't trapped like like Jane Greer in the original. Um, she had 
nothing but options. So yeah, it it, it bothered the yeah. whole movie bothered me. Her motivation was to be taken care of. That's not a sympathetic quality. No. But it also didn't make any sense because he, she could have been taken care of by anybody else. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what James I'm Woods. And I don't yeah. know what that haircut James Woods was sporting was either, but that was <laughs> that had nothing to do with the eighties. I don't need that that looked like a Roman centurion or something. Yeah, I don't I didn't remember Jeff Bridges being a star. Like I obviously he was at this time because this was a really popular movie. I didn't I guess I was too young at the time, but I I just I just missed that fact. Yeah, like he had done Tron, and I, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm thinking maybe Starman had come out or something like. Yeah, I I don't know, but he was, he was above the title by this point. Yeah, he I was a known quantity. I just didn't think of just Jeff Bridges as this kind of star. I mean, I know he did Tron and and uh, and, and Starman's the same kind of like culty kind of thing, but this is a very very like. Uh, blockbuster movie where he was a sexual you know star he was yeah his shirt was off the entire movie it was <laughs> and that's just not how i think of james uh, james woods i don't think of him that way either jeff bridges <laughs> well i was a little surprised not that this movie like i went back to read some of the reviews because i thought like you guys i thought this was just awful and the reviews aren't stellar but they weren't terrible either this is yeah. fairly rotten tomatoes yeah I mean, seventy yeah, percent with ten critics, but still, that's much higher than I would have expected. Yeah. Yeah. Now this, I should have uh, stuck with my uh, original uh, intuition based on the Phil Collins video and avoided this. But or we would have should, we should have we should always stick with David's theory: do not remake good movies. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, if you look at the audience score for Against All Odds, it is not as high as the critic score. Good. Forty-five percent, and those forty-five percent were the ones that came back to watch the car chase. (laughs) Yeah, awful. Sorry, sorry, guys, but you did get to see out of the past, so it's Mm -hmm. not it's not complete wash. Absolutely, very appreciative of that. This was bad in ways I didn't expect. It was against all odds. I expected it to be boring in that way that mid-80s movies can be. Even the supposedly good movies I find not that good in the '80s, just because they're. They're, I think they're too self-important. They're too long. And yes. This has all that, but this doesn't have any of the good qualities that th- some of those movies happen to have. No. Um, like like you said, the uh, the cinematography of the scenes in Mexico was nice. That's about all you can say about this. Um, all right. Yeah. It's good. Just... So is this before or after or during Webster? I think it's, it's a... before Webster. I don't remember when Webster started. They should have had Emmanuel Lewis playing that role. That would then I would have I might have been on board. To say to say something positive about this is it during Webster. Sorry, go ahead. To say something positive, I, I got to admit I I do like the Phil Collins song for a Phil Collins ballad. It's actually a pretty pow- powerful ballad. It is, and he sings the shit out of it. I agree. Yeah. I did expect it to actually play during the movie, though. I didn't think it was going to be on the closing credits. Yeah, which was also like. I was so glad they finally freeze-framed it because it was just a shot of her looking at him crying. I'm like, can you just freeze-frame it? How much of this do we need to see? Jesus. Um, all right, yeah, fuck this movie. Uh, yep. Let's move on to recommendations. Asians, Asians, Asians. Uh, David, you're the guest. Thank you. Uh, I do. I, I had a. I was trying to come up with one, and uh, this. I may be very late on this because it's a couple seasons in, 
but I just got the uh, the, the NBC streaming network Peacock, mm-hmm. and I started watching AP Bio, and I oh, really yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. really enjoyed it. That's I, great. The yeah. first two seasons, I think they just released the third. I haven't watched it yet, but it's just such a fun show. A great cast, all you know. Patton Oswalt is great as a principal. The all the kids in the class are just fantastic. I love the kids. Yeah, that, I'm I think the interested first in seeing what was, happens in the third season. Go ahead, sorry. I, I think the first season was a little weak, but the second season was very strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My only problem with it, and I like it a lot, is the the it's always Sunny guy. His character is just so irredeemable. Sometimes it's hard to watch. But it's still really funny, so that doesn't matter. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I definitely, like, the kids are the selling point to me. They're all yep. great. And mm-hmm. oh, the kids and the fellow teachers. The fellow teachers are and, really yes. funny. Yes, I agree. The, 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 the staff. The, the, oh, yeah, the, staff. Tri- the trio of women and the uh, the one guy who I, I – he's he's one of those that guys. I know I recognize him. The guy who's just – they're always throwing things at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He's the guy that was the similar that guy in community, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. pop up. That's a that's a great show. I, I'm looking forward to catching up on the third season. Do you have to is do you have to get the paid version to to watch AP Bio on there or? I think the third season. You, I think I think like the I th- if I re- remember correctly, looking at it, I think like the first two episodes of the third season are free, and then you got to pay for the rest, which I might do because it's only a couple bucks a month, and yeah, you know well, it's a good good show, and I'll support it. I'll turn my VPN off. I'm unemployed, and there you go. download that show. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, Pat, do you have anything? I think I will also recommend a, 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 oh, mine's not old. I will also recommend a TV show. It's uh, it's on Apple TV. It's called Ted Lasso. It's, uh, oh, what's the guy's name? I have to look it up now because I can't remember the star's name. But it's a, it's about an American football coach who goes to Britain and starts coaching a football team that is not American football. And it's it's fish out of water. It's kind of It kind of seems like it's Jason Sudeikis plays the lead role. And uh, it's kind of a, a, I don't think they're calling it at that, but if, if you watch the first couple episodes, it seems like it's a remake of ma- the, the show from the, I mean, the movie from the 80s Major League where the owner is trying to ruin the team and the players and, and coach go against that. But that's the kind of idea. But Jason Sudeikis is so charming and so funny in the show. It's worth watching it for him. And um, Juno Temple is, the, is one of the actresses, and she's very funny in it. So that's my recommendation. Ted Lasso. Oh, is she How? funny? I, I generally found her annoying in films, but I haven't seen her do anything comedic. Oh, I've never seen her in anything before. She's been, she's uh, been, oh, it looks like she's been in a bunch of stuff. Huh. Yeah. What were you going to say, David? I was going to ask about Apple TV. How was that in general? Uh, I might have gotten this in ways that aren't uh, part of Apple TV. Oh, okay. So, gotcha. I was I was going to say, never mind. Yeah, in this economy, you guys are uh, both, both uh, recommending subscription services. Nice. <laughs> Speaking of which, I am also. Um, my recommendation is a TV show called The Bureau, which is a Sundance show. You can so we did the seven-day free trial Sundance on Amazon Prime. Um, start watching it. Unfortunately, there's no way we're going to be able to finish it because it's five seasons. Uh, <laughs> but it's about uh, well, it's about French. It's a French show um, about a French intelligence agency, and it's. Uh, it's very good. Uh, gets very kind of like the wire. It gets um, I don't want to say compli- convoluted, complicated, um, mm-hmm. complicated plots, a lot of moving parts, uh, but definitely worth watching. The bureau. I have a second recommendation. I just thought of um, Forty Two. Since Ch- Chadwick Boseman died last week, I watched that. Oh yeah, it's a great just film. 
because I'd never seen it, and it's it's very good. Harrison Ford is surprisingly like, like you know, really good in in the movie, and so is Bozeman. He plays a, gr- a great role, and then uh, I forget the actress's name, but the she was in um, Sleepy Hollow was also really good in it, playing uh, Jackie Jackie Robinson's wife. Are you so about yeah, Christina Ricci. Uh, I was talking about the Nicole Bear, and I was talking about the Sleepy Hollow, the the, uh, TV, show, the TV show. show. <laughs> That you apparently love so much that you forgot its existence. I did. Existence. That that was another one of those where the first season was great, and then just like Revenge, yep. and then it turned into a steaming. Well, pile. no, it, Revenge went bad slowly. Sleepy Hollow went bad really Immediately, quickly. Immediately, yeah, yeah. It wasn't yeah. this? Wasn't the same same downward spiral? But uh, that was a pretty big shock. Him dying. I had no idea. Oh, well, nobody knew he was sick. It was. It's crazy. Yeah, he was great in in everything I saw him in. I I even I hear he did a really good job in that uh, James Brown biopic. Although I don't think the movie is supposed to be that good. But I I saw to see that. I did hear good things about him in it. I didn't know it was not a good movie though. I I don't know. I never heard much about it, which is, except his performance. Um, which is that's a, on my list to watch. It's on Hulu, I believe. Oh, cool. I mean, yeah, that is a difficult role to take on. Um, yeah. I'm, yeah, it's kind of interesting, his career, where he played Jackie Robinson, James Brown, and Thurgood Marshall. And let's not forget Black Panther. Let's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, the greatest real-life hero. Okay, uh, I guess that does it. Pat, say what you usually do. Write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail.com for any reason whatsoever. Uh, rate us highly on iTunes and write a review. Like us on Facebook. And most importantly, tell your friends to listen. And thank you, David, for uh, joining us for this. Yeah, thanks. As thanks always, I'll try thank to think of movies to force on you guys, um, or albums, or yeah, I don't know. You should come up with an idea, David. We'll do it. I, okay. I hate coming up with ideas. Uh, I could do that. All right. Well, until next time, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye.